hey there, are you kind of feeling a little bit down about real estate with all the negative Nelly news that's out there? Well, you don't need to be. Our special guest today, zooming in all the way from Lynchburg, Virginia, is Mr. Chris Webb. And Chris, in spite of all the bad news, all the negative stuff, all the stuff with interest rates, has added eight properties to his portfolio this year. And you can too. So Chris, welcome to the call. Great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I I did uh, mention earlier that we, we got eight. Um, I think I did misspeak. It's eight units. So one of the buildings oh. is a sixplex. But Well, um, that's pretty darn good. Yeah, so it's... it's uh, I, I was looking at it the other day. I was talking to my wife about it. I was like, wait a second. That's how many we got? <laughs> she said, <laughs> yeah. And I said, all that's right, that's a good bad. year. <laughs> it's a good year and it's not even done. We're filming just the beginning of October here. So Chris, first things first, tell us a little about, a bit about the Chris Webb story, specifically when it comes to how you got interested in real estate investing. Sure. So I was in the U.S. military for... Uh, when I turned 27, I joined a little late in life, and they sent me all the way from New England to Arizona. Uh, you know, I chose every base on the East Coast, and they said, well, you're going to Arizona. <laughs> so we moved out to Arizona. Um, we lived there for about eight years. I uh, separated from the military out there, and I started working for a mortgage company, and nice. I started just seeing some people come through here and there, and I'm like, that's odd. This guy already got a house. Well, what's, what's he doing getting multiple houses? Uh-huh. Kind of got caught the bug, talked to my manager there. They had some uh, rental properties as well. So I kind of always knew that that would be my path. Um, I really helped them out uh, with our team marketing. And uh, we, our team uh, was at the forefront of video marketing back mm. in like 2014. Nice. Um Along with that, though, we I had to learn a lot more about analytics. Mm-hmm. So I was doing pretty well. I enjoyed my time out there. But then I realized I needed to go back to school. So I went back to school, stopped put my whole life on hold. I yeah. uh, went back to school in 2016. We moved to Colorado. Then we moved to Florida, where I finished wow. my graduate degree. And uh, Florida is where we started our real estate journey what year um, was that in, Chris? That was in 2018. We, okay, so right, we, a couple of years yeah. before the pandemic hit. Yeah. So what did what did you get your master's degree in? Economics. Economics. All right. So what what's your day job when you're not real estate investing, or is this your? I'm an analyst. Thing? Yeah. I so yeah, I do have a W two job, and I'm an analyst for uh, a large online university, and we I process uh, all the pay for the professors. So okay. um it it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, imagine. Um all right. Yeah, so you, you got you got going in 2018 in Florida. Yep. What was your first foray into real estate investing? What was the first property that you got? It was our house in Florida in Tallahassee. We mm-hmm. still own it to this day. Um right now. So and that's something that I was thinking about the other day when when we had talked about uh setting this up is a lot of times like on the uh, bigger pocket forums and on the other real estate websites, people talk about uh, a few different factors that play a role into investments. Mm -hmm. And one factor that they always forget about is time. So we bought that house in 2018. Yes, we did have the pandemic and the pandemic threw everything out of whack. However, given the time that we had it, 
the rents were steadily increasing. Mm -hmm. And when I look back at it now, five, six years now, um, it's doubled the mortgage, the rent that we received from it. So it wasn't, it wasn't like that when you first got it, but it's, so at this point, right. The amount that you are paying your mortgage, your rent covers that twice. Yes. Nice. And time is just, it's like the, it's like the magic element that plays a role into all real estate investing. And every investor I talk to, I'm sure the same occurs for you. They talk about, well, I had this for 10, 15 years. It cash flows at this. But when I got it, it was like this. It was like nothing. <laughs> or right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're so right, especially as the mortgage pay down really starts to compound yes. over time because not only is your cash flow better, but you're paying off the loan even faster and faster and faster the longer that you hold on to it. Right. Yeah, and so good. we eventually, after I graduated from Florida State, I we moved out to Texas, and you that moved in, a lot, man. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> uh, that was in 2019, and yeah. we were in a Dallas suburb. Um, so I did. We did benefit from the COVID nineteen price hike. Uh huh. Um, so we sold that house in 2022. Mm -hmm. And um, that gave us the capital to, we bought a two unit here. Um, we in moved Virginia. to the house and then we bought a two unit in October. No, no, no. We bought a two unit in in June. Right. And then we're buying a six unit right now. Ah, so okay. Very just, good. So you got the original property back in Florida. You've got a duplex now and you're in the process of closing on a, a six unit. Yes. And then we have one additional single family home here that we, when we moved here, we bought as well. Very nice. So, well, hey, you've created a nice little portfolio for yourself in, in a pretty short period of time. So what have been some of your, so you, you already shared one of your takeaways about the, the time factor for yes. compounding your cash flow and your mortgage pay down. What have been some of your other, you know, big takeaways around real estate from your economist mindset that so that first one's huge sure. right? that time factor yeah. that's, what else are there any other things that really pop out to you because given your training you're pretty familiar with how things work in a macro and probably a micro yeah. level as well what about real estate what what else about it really appeals to you as an investor i would say and i really leaned on this this year is understanding the mechanics of supply and demand Okay, explain and, that. And what, and what yeah. I mean by that is, like, if you look at some economists online, they're going to give you the economist gang sign, right? The supply and demand, right? That's what yeah. we do, <laughs> supply and demand. Well, the what happens oftentimes is with these two curves interact, the, the middle of it, the equilibrium is the price point. Yeah. Well, what people forget sometimes is that unlike these two, there's also a flat line, and that is the market in general. So you're going to have the lower end on one end and the higher end on the other. So you can segment the market and each one of those has a supply and demand function. Okay. So what I noticed over the spring is that the median house price of any market was the dividing point. People were stuck in their mortgage. So you were going to see a lot more inventory on that on the above the median. People on the bottom end, there was high demand, so the prices went up. Okay. And what we're seeing now is that is actually shifting 
to the point where there's a whole middle that is just gone. And if you're if you're looking at the entry level market, inventory can't stay on the market. And if there's no inventory and and demand comes every every week, right? Mm-hmm. People want to buy a house every week. So if the demand continues to to go where the inventory drops, the prices increase at the entry level point. Right. Now, when you look at it on a macro sense, are there enough price drops on the top end to make up for that fire market on the entry level? Mm-hmm. Time will only tell. Now, one thing I would I would suggest about that, if you're looking at it from a from a macro level perspective, is just because a price drops does not mean it's a house sold. So it may not affect median home price. Mm. So those those kind of things are the things that I looked at. I pinpointed my market. I looked at it every day. As soon as something came online, I will say we got a little lucky here. I'm sitting in the duplex that we there's somebody who rents below me. Mm. We came over here and it was a stormy afternoon. And they were having an open house. And we were the only ones to walk through. <laughs> and I, as soon as we left, I called my agent. I said, put an offer on the home. And nice. we did. And um, the rent, the area, the other thing you need to know is the area average rents. If you know the area average rents, then you'll be able to identify your uh, breakdown of, of uh, income and expenses. And so I knew the area average rents here. And at, I think it was at 1300 this would lower our payment for housing expenses by two hundred dollars from moving from the other house to here. Well, we got fifteen hundred because wow. again, time. Yeah, <laughs> it took two months. We had to do some slight renovations, put in some floors, things like that. But within that timeline, rents just rents went, went up. up. Again. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> there you go. Hey, so it, so you're making good use of that master's degree. <laughs> in your real estate investing. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would I would just say always look at the market and see if you can take a large market and divide it up and see where the segments are that are hot. It's unfortunate right now because a lot of investors they look at entry level or slightly above entry level. Mm-hmm. Those properties are are just taken be taken off the market unless you want to do some work. So some of the guys that I know here locally in Lynchburg, they're buying those lower end homes doing lipstick flips and they are making a lot of money. Yeah. You know that price point. Definitely. And you got to be, got to be a little bit careful in, in case things turn on you there. So, Hey, right. Quick question for you, Chris. So you're talking a lot about single family homes, but your most recent purchase is a multifamily property, six units. I believe in the States that's classified as commercial residential as yes. well. Yep. So that's kind of a different, kettle of fish there so any differences you've noticed with that asset class like the small multis yeah the reason why i chose to look at that um is because there was a lot of competition in the single family entry level homes Mm -hmm. so what i said is i said well okay if i were to take each home and look at it uh in terms of unit count and price per unit Mm -hmm. what can i do in lynchburg it's a older city virginia um was it was around like in the 1640s i mean it's old it's an old state so we're an outgrowth of that we're the house itself is an 1880s house that was converted into a fiveplex and then in the back there's an additional house on the same plot of land so it's six units total um and i just i i saw it one day and i 
uh, looked up who the owner was. I called him up and I said, Oh, so this is cold outreach. It wasn't oh, even yeah. for sale. Absolutely. Nice. You, nice. you gotta, sometimes you gotta make the business work, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> and just kind of got started talking to him, um, asked him about pricing, things like that. Uh, eventually what we did is we, we are able to work out a, a seller finance deal. Beautiful. So I do have a significant less interest rate on this one that I can get at the market and I'm paying less in the down payment. Very so, nice. um, but, and then that's the reason why I looked at multifamilies mm. is because you can in the, I don't know how it is, um, where you in Canada, but we have local, um, uh, assessors offices where I can actually look up by property type. It takes a little bit of work. I'm not going to lie to anybody watching this or, or listening to this. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you do the work, you can really touch a lot of people and start talking to a lot of owners. Definitely. And uh, I think that sometimes when I'm online, I hear a lot of people talk about seller, seller, seller. And I'm like, you got to refrain from calling them a seller because they might not sell. You got to right. call them the owner. owner. <laughs> I like that. I like and, that. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I just kind of looked at that because if I could get terms from an owner who may, because I'm, cause he's still going to make money on the property. Mm-hmm. He's going to make similar money to what he has been making, but I'm able to get a spread on top of that where I'm cash flowing as well. And originally the idea was we were going to do a first bank loan, a second seller. Mm. And then in five years, I would refi it out. And there is a company in California that will refi five or above on right. 30 year fixed. Nice. So and that's the other thing too. I learned a lot about the options of financing because I mm -hmm. do feel like, for 2024 and 2025, the financing is where the deal will be made. Most definitely. No. So what are, what are your plans moving ahead, Chris? Sounds like you're off to a great start here. What When it comes to real estate investing, what do the next 12 to 24 months hold for you? I, I think I'm going to do the same thing what I, that I did here, where I'm going to just start approaching the sellers and um, figuring out what their needs are and uh, kind of... Uh, Talk to them about what they're looking for. I mean, this guy, he had a bunch of homes here. He only has, I think, three left. And he's looking, he's already relocated somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So he's just trying to cut like his ties here. Right. Yeah. He wants to Excellent. move on. And, and yeah. <laughs> I said, he, had, he has about three or four homes here. I'm not sure the exact amount, but why can't I go back to the well? Yeah, exactly. Six months down the road. I'm you're already, you already know he's, he's open to creative deals. Right. Yeah, not? So, so once you start seeing those checks come in, right. getting getting proof in the pudding that you do what you say you're going to do, that's a good time to approach that guy. Yeah. And he saves. So that's kind of, yeah, that will be the strategy yeah. over the next few years, probably. It's just kind of trying to identify those people who are uh, just looking to kind of not necessarily cash out. This guy is relatively young. Uh, I know on some of the forums that I see, it's like, oh, you got to get somebody who's 70 or 80. This guy is not that old. Mm -hmm. so, but, yeah, no, different strokes for different folks. For right. Sure. Everybody's in at a different pace. So, yeah, I like that. I really like that idea. You found a kind of a niche there. You're doing something that not everybody else is doing. You've developed a skill set around that. The other thing, hint I might give you, is eventually you might come up with more opportunities than you have money. So yes. the leverage there is to tap into joint venture partners, somebody who comes in with the cash, maybe even the credit or helps with the qualifying 
because not everybody's going to be wanting to be the bank for you. And I, I know this from personal right. experience, Chris, because mm-hmm. back in the day when I first started real estate investing way back in 03, basically, I did 18 deals in 18 months, all creative, low money, no money type deals, which which is good. But that's all I understood. Right. So that limited what I could go after tremendously. Like I, I could have done so many more deals if I had have understood that not everybody wants to do these owner finance things. And well, I understood that, but I didn't really understand, hey, you know what? There are a ton of other people out there who have the capital, but who do, who do not have the time, the interest or the gumption to do right. what you do and what you've done and what you understand, but they would love to partner up with a smart a smart guy like Chris Webb and go along for the ride. And then here's the thing. Yeah, sure. You, you're you using their money and you're sharing the property and you're sharing the profits with them, but you're getting 50% ownership and cash flow and equity buildup and mortgage pay down on a property you haven't had to put a single dime of your own right. money into. And that is massive leverage. What do you think of that? I think that's an excellent idea. And actually, I would encourage your listeners to, if if they're math heavy, learn the math front and back. That's what I did. And I will tell you, it's actually funny you say that because there's a property, it's out by uh, Blacksburg, Virginia, probably about two hours west of here. Mm -hmm. And um, it's an old, it was an old hospital facility and it has 40 bedrooms in it. Wow. With, it has 40 bedrooms with kitchens in it. Amazing. But it is, it has significant amount of work on it. And, but it's, <laughs> it is pretty TLC. cheap. Yeah. yeah, it is pretty cheap. So I reached out to the agent and I was just like, hey, I was like, what's, what's going on with that? Would the seller finance it? And she's like, well, what are you thinking? So I laid out the entire plan. I said, well, we would take this. We would move this over here. We would get a loan based on this amount. And then we would take that rehab the building. We would do this. So instead of her writing back to me and saying, well, that sounds like a good plan. Let me let me run it by the owner. She writes back to me. The owner wants to meet with you and discuss partnerships. Yeah, just because. No, here's, I do the here's, math. here's the thing, Chris. Yeah, because the challenge is, especially for smart guys like you that are number heavy, is you got to remember that the rest of us are dumb, dumb humans. <laughs> I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> but what I am saying is. The more you can simplify that communication and you lucked out with this realtor, you did because most realtors would get it kind of get confused and dazed yeah, and say, forget about it. It's too complex. So yeah, getting direct access to the, to the seller is definitely key there. No, good stuff, Chris. Well, Hey, congratulations. Sounds like you're on an amazing path. If some of our listeners or viewers want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Probably my YouTube channel. It's Invest L Y H on YouTube, and um, what I would say is I do a lot. I do a lot of cash on cash return videos there. Mm-hmm. Um, learn that metric first. I I think that uh, similar to math when we were in school, is it builds. Um, if you learn the cash on cash first, you're not going to be afraid of the of the cap rates. You're not going to be mm-hmm. afraid of the IRRs. But you don't need to learn those right away. Figure one metric out, know it cold, and cash on cash is very simple and very easy once you identify your assumptions. Yeah. Um, all, all my assumptions are based off of 80% of my income. 
And it's because I know 10 for property management, 10 for CapEx and vacancies. So yeah, if they, they want to take a look, please do and learn that metric. And then you guys will be writing in 2024 about how you're buying 16 properties, not yes. eight. All right, everybody take care and we will talk to you on the next episode.